Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, we live in a world where Dexter is a lumberjack and Aubrey Plaza is headed to cottage country to avoid and get out of the way of making movies and sort of find herself in a, in a, in a moment of tranquility, but maybe, you know, those emotions and feelings come to follow her along and maybe there's a black bear watching. Yes. Today we are reviewing Lawrence Michael Levine's black bear, um, which played at Cinefest Sudbury here in uh, Ontario. Uh, It stars Christopher Abbott, Sarah Gadden and Aubrey Plaza. It is going to be released on December 4th, 2020 in the United or actually in North America on uh, supposedly in cinemas and on digital. Um, So we'll see uh, if it actually gets that theatrical release. Yes, Eric, we watched this at Cinefest Sudbury. Um, You mentioned the Dexter thing, which dates this of yes today. And there was an announcement that Dexter's coming back, which is weird. So it's been a few weeks since it uh, Cinefest Sudbury. Uh, Yeah, we've been a little uh, in that post festival kind of, uh, slump a little bit, even though we haven't really slowed down. We just, um, there's so much going on that it's, uh, we were trying to figure out scheduling wise when to get things out. So better late than never. This is playing some other festivals, um, around, uh, the U S I think you said it was playing, um, what's this uh, streaming night stream, fright night stream, uh, love the fright name. night stream, <laughs> fright night stream. Uh, we did watch fright night, uh, on For your real. birthday. Uh, we watched the fly as well, but yes, we are focused on black bear today. Um, now this one's going to be a little bit interesting cause I, I'm going to ask you to tell people what this movie's about, but I want, I want to be cautious and I don't know how we want to go about talking about this movie. Yeah. I mean, I, okay. So this is from writer, director, Lawrence, Michael Levine. Um, there is a trailer, uh, available now and that does spoil you said some of don't the, don't watch it, right? Don't yeah. watch it. If you want to go into this movie completely, um, fresh and, and, you know, don't know anything about the film. You just probably don't. shouldn't be listening to this, but <laughs> no, 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 no. But we're going to try to, you know, keep this as spoiler free as possible and maybe just kind of talk about our thoughts, but kind of the gist of the film, as I mentioned, the, the movie, uh, is, stars Aubrey Plaza as a filmmaker and former actor who kind of needs to get away from the industry and finds refuge in a kind of cottage um, outside of, um, you know, where she's working and she decides that she's going to take a bit of a break, but maybe her own, um, you know, follies or follies kind of follow her around and she meets with the couple that own this cottage played um by sarah gadden and i don't know why i'm blanking on his name because he's great but christopher, christopher abbott, abbott um, see we're talking about brain farts before yeah i had a moment Our chicago to- seven <laughs> review which which is up right now for you guys to listen to we're recording these out of order so they'll probably be weirdly spaced out like if you're listening in episode order but uh, Eric and I both have this weird brain fog today where we're trying yeah. to, we're both forgetting well, things I was gonna, that we should The thing not is forget. as well, I was going to go I was going to call Christopher Abbott Colin Tate, but that's his character from Possessor. Um, right. <laughs> but the connection between Possessor and Black Bear is that there's vaping in both. So, there's you know, been we, a lot of vaping in movies in 2020. I think yeah. it all started with Michael Shannon vaping in 99 days. <laughs> 
99 homes. You know, 99 homes. Yes. Yeah. Is that Michael Shannon's in that and he vapes yeah. a lot, right? Yep. Yeah. I just sure remember does. that being his, his super villain trait is him vaping in that movie. And that was before it's ahead of its time, Eric. So it, it sure was. Uh, but yes. So, yeah. So basically you have this weird, I don't want to even say love triangle, but this weird kind of engagement between, between three characters. And as the story progresses, things change. It kind of plays in a meta kind of context at times, it also examines how sort of, you know, committed somebody is to getting, you know, the great performance or, you know, delivering something that will, you know, be seen or watched by people in some capacity, whether it be, you know, filmmaking, writing, music, and what are you willing to do to give the best version of yourself? What are, you know, the, the, the sacrifices you're willing to make for your art in order to get the best results. And what does that mean? And what does that take out of you? And is that right, you know, on the, the behalf of other people that are, you know, a part of that. And, you know, the idea of relationships kind of changing over the course of time, whether it be in a kind of, small secluded location or on a big movie set or somewhere in between these things are all kind of playing a role in this film that I think, you know, is a fascinating piece of filmmaking, but it's all brought together by what I think probably is Aubrey Plaza's finest performance to date. And that even yeah, includes she's, Ingrid she's Goes West, fantastic. which she's credited yeah. to. No, yeah, she's a very versatile actress. I feel like I mean, I loved her in Parks and Rec, and she's great in you know a lot of comedic roles. But in both Ingrid and here, like I feel like there's a you know she can also play this interesting darker character in in, in both of these movies. And yeah, I'm with you. I, I really really dug this. It was a a very pleasant surprise. I mean, I, I I dug the cast going in, but I didn't really know much about it we were on a you know a christopher abbott binge like you mentioned with possessor and then this i think in the same night we watched them didn't we or close close. after it's all uh, all blending together but um always love christopher abbott as well whenever he like he's always in these weird smaller indie movies and he's always really really good in them um but yeah this is i mean a little bit of a mindfuck of a movie and i don't want to go too deep into it because i really just want people to kind of experience it and i would love uh, to talk to people. And I, I mean, we had plenty of conversations after the movie ended that, that go into a bit more of spoiler territory and theorizing what the movie was either trying to say or what it was trying to do. And, and the movies in two distinct halves. And I don't really want to talk about what those halves are, but um, the juxtaposition between those two halves and, and where the characters are and how they play out. And Eric alluded to some of this and, in, in his little um, um, monologue at the beginning there, but like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I really like this. I'm just struggling uh, talking about what exactly I liked because I really just want people to go in and kind of experience this movie because I feel like it is one of those movies where I hope you avoid the trailer. You just kind of take word of mouth for it and just go in not knowing much because that's kind of what we did. And I, I really enjoyed it for that. So yeah, it's touching on everything you said from like relationships to yeah, the, the process of filmmaking and storytelling and just perspective and, and uh, I just really, really dug 
everything it was trying to do. And um, I, I was here for it. From the moments I saw the title screens and the and the chapter titles, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm in. Everyone knows Matt likes that shit. And then um, and then you put Christopher Abbott and some chapter titles. I'm looking at you, Vox Lux, um, and some vaping. Uh, uh, you know, I'm going to be into it. And um, anyways, but the movie backs that up, and not just from a style standpoint. Like the movie looks really nice too. Um, I loved the setting of this cottage and how it was kind of utilized in both the first and second half of the movie. Um, I loved kind of just uh, the not repetitive nature, but the callbacks to certain moments and, and you revisiting scenes in different ways. And just, again, when I'm talking about how it deals with perspectives and love and, 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 um, and relationships and, and yeah, the, the process, the artistic process and things like that. I just think it's tackling some really interesting subjects in a really cool and unique way. Um, and then from an artistic standpoint, yeah, I just loved the setting of this cottage. I thought it was really cool. Single location. It's just a very smart um, indie movie. Yeah. And it makes you also think about, you know, when you, when, after you've watched it, everything that you've seen in those two halves, how, you know, they kind of play into one another or what sort of transfers into the next segment or you know looking back at the previous one after having watched the whole movie and sort of analyzing it and sort of having a conversation with somebody you know who you've watched it with you know Matt and I were talking a lot about it afterwards and it's one of those films where you could kind of get lost in a rabbit hole kind of just dissecting this movie and sort of talking about like what does this sort of mean or what does that mean or does this have any sort of connotation to what happened in the previous uh sort of segment so there's so much going on here that it, it it's so layered and that you feel like you could watch this movie again and kind of just you know get so much more out of it the second or even third time and sort of finding those little details that connect thematically and emotionally and just the idea of, you know, you know, one story bleeding into another and where this sort of narrative is going or, or, you know, whose side are you on? And, and that always kind of changes as well. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, performance wise like i think aubrey plaza deserves the same kind of accolades and acclaim that vanessa kirby has been getting for pieces of a woman and unfortunately i don't think black bear will have the same kind of no awards i'm with you there yeah that that this that movie and the reason why i'm comparing the two is because you have it centered on somebody who's a complex character in a time in her life where things are just all over the place and they're trying to kind of pick up those pieces and figure out the best way to kind of put themselves back together. And I think that both of those movies share those similarities, but I think black bear does it a bit better and is more interesting and sort of with the filmmaking overall than pieces of a woman. And again, like I feel that this movie is a film as, as you mentioned that the best way to see it is to go in cold um, but it's also a movie that I think you could have an amazing conversation with afterwards, especially, you know, with references and meaning and subtext and, you know, when the movie kind of makes a certain shift. And I know we're talking cryptically about like what the story is and the trailer does give away um, certain aspects of that. So we would probably both recommend that you just, you know, see this movie when it comes out in December 
Um, you know, the, the, the log line or the synopsis doesn't really give anything away. I think that's probably the one thing you could look at and be like, oh, this is interesting. Because before going into this, I thought this movie was more of a like an elevated you know, horror movie or thriller. Yeah. And there, there is an atmosphere element of that. Yeah. That, that has a kind of dread unsettling. And yeah. Like you're not sure what's going on or what could happen at any given moment. You're waiting for something bad to happen. You're, you're, you're wondering what the title maybe even references. Exactly, so there yeah. is, there is an element of that there, but I wouldn't say that it is, you know, just one thing. It's, it's, it's a hard movie to, categorize and if you really exactly. love because the there film, are funny moments there are great dramatic moments there are these kind of intense um like you said the, these the genre moments that feel like it is a horror movie at times but there's these great kind of you know sprawling arguments and conversations that the three actors have and like um that i just felt like were really believable and felt like arguments you know not necessarily that i've been in before but like i just felt and then that the movie touches on all of that stuff too which i think is really interesting and not to again we're being a little cryptic but um yeah i just thought it was really like it's weirdly funny at times and then it's it, it it'll be very intense at times and um, yeah, I was blown away with how well he was able to balance all of that and then also bring in this kind of interesting twist on the artistic process and like, and how that all ties together. I just, yeah, I, yeah, it is a movie that I think you, if you watch it with someone and you'll want to talk to someone about it after, because I feel like it, when we, you brought this up, Eric, too, but I felt like you had a different perspective than I even had on the movie. And I think we both were like, oh, shit, I didn't even realize that. Like, you would bring something up and I go, oh, that's really interesting because I was actually viewing it kind of this way. And then it's one of those movies where neither, I think, opinion is is incorrect or wrong because you don't. It's interpretation, right? Yeah, it is really interpretation in a movie. And that's what I love is like, I hate movies that just spoon feed you everything. And not to bring up like something else recently, but like I just finished Blind Manor on netflix and there's a show that i felt like it didn't let me interpret anything it just gave me everything it spoon fed me everything to the point of to death really ironically um and i was just like it was too much by the end of it i'm like i don't need to know the origin of every fucking ghost let me figure this shit out on my own or let give me something interesting and give me little pieces and make it a puzzle for me to kind of dissect and go but still give me what the movie is about or the show is about and whatever that emotional core is or what you're trying to say, but then add in a bunch of stuff that I go, Oh, and make me think about something, not make me go, okay, thank you for telling me exactly what you were trying to say in the movie. Like I, I love that kind of shit. I love an ambiguous ending. I love movies that don't really, I mean, I was, my love of lost is very clear on all of these things, not comparing the two at all. Very different, <laughs> but like, I liked the unanswered questions on lost and things like that. Like I just felt like that gives you something to talk about with people. And I'm not saying that this is a mystery box and they're trying to intentionally give you all this stuff to think about and not answer things. The movie does is very clear on what it's kind of trying to say. I just think the way that it's trying to say it is when you can pick it apart and kind of go, Oh, is this exactly what he's trying to say, or is he trying to do this, or what did this part mean? And and I love that kind of stuff. And I just feel like, yeah, a movie like this is best to go in 
really not knowing anything or as little as possible. And mind you, you can hear people's opinions like ours, but uh, when it comes down to the actual plot or the um, not even the plot, but like the events of the movie, try to kind of stay away. And I just, I think you really dig it. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you on that. And, and, you know, between this and I'm thinking of ending things, I think it's a it's a good yes. year for movies that you can kind of look at in different ways and perspectives and, you know, kind of analyze what's going on, um, both in a kind of um, meta kind of way or, or you know, self-aware manner, but also within the context of what's going on within the film. And um, I think that this movie maybe is a little bit more um, – I want, I don't want to say because I I love I'm thinking of ending things but like this movie almost feels like it's it's almost playing it in a kind of subdued manner with sort of sure. its you know references and sort of you know taking you in and out of the film for whatever reason and whatever the maybe not as surreal as no no but there is but there is something about there both is, of these yeah. movies that are also weirdly Canadian that aren't that because like both films aren't Canadian productions per se, but they do have Canadian um, sort of representation through either, you know, the author or the, or one of the stars, but even just location. Like when I think of Canadian cottage life, that's the kind of cottage, you know, where the setting of this movie takes place. At least rich people. (laughs) Well, but, but even, even, you know, just like that kind of area. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. It's a, it's a gigantic cottage. It's like a mansion, but like it's gorgeous. Don't get me wrong. But, but, but that there's something about that. That's very Canadian, especially like, you know, in the fall, like right around the time where it's starting to get cooler, but we're still kind of in denial and we're going outside and, you know, sitting at the dog fire or by the fire. And it's like, you know, like those things are just, there's something comforting about that. I find. And, and I kind of like that about both of those movies where there is a quality that feels, you know, very North American in, in, in a lot of ways. And I think that both of those movies, again, share that as well as the kind of strange context of playing with the narrative and what's real and what's not. Um, but yeah, I, I think black bear is a, uh, fascinating, challenging, rewarding piece of filmmaking with an amazing lead performance and, you know, just a really solid film overall. So, I mean, it's, it's hard not to recommend. I think I'd have to give this four stars. Yep. I'm with you. I'm right on the same page. So, uh, or on the same page, not in the same same page. We are on the same page. Uh, four to five for me as well. Um, thank you all for for the end credits, by the way. Oh yes, 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 definitely do. Um, we have some more reviews that we would love for you guys to check out. Uh, we have reviews up right now for uh, the 40-year-old version, uh, The Trial of the Chicago 7, Dick Johnson is Dead, Possessor, Console Wars, and much, much more. So please go uh, check those out on this channel. Um, and if you like this, we do another podcast that is a little bit more conversational, free-flowing, long-form. It's called The Untitled Movie Podcast. It's our flagship show where Eric and I kind of sit down for two hours usually and just shoot the shit about the entertainment industry what's going on in our lives different things like that will we be talking about spider-man 3 some more and if toby mcguire and uh, uh andrew garfield are coming back because that's all i keep thinking about because no one's confirmed it yet and everyone keeps saying it and i'm like i just want to know we don't might perpetuate talk about that. these rumors man Come i can't on. man i can't i see everyone start posting about it and like more and more legit sites and i'm like 
guys, that's too much. A Spider-Men movie, a spider, a live action Spider-Verse. Come on. Um, Spider-Verse, the animated movie, the best superhero movie. I'm just going to say. Um, and uh, we also did. I, yeah, our newest draft is going to be up soon. Go check that show out. And then our other show, Untitled Movie Conversations. We have a few conversations up right now that I would love for you guys to go check out uh, with uh, Peter Kaplowski, Sarah Van Lang, and um, uh, uh, Jay Wadley. Uh, who is the composer for uh, Charlie Kaufman's I'm Thinking of Ending Things uh, on Netflix. Uh, please go check out those. We're trying to get a schedule lined up for you know our next batch of interviews. Um, it's just uh, Eric and I have been super busy, so um, I was super happy launching that show. It's just we're trying to find a schedule with everything right now with biweekly episodes of the main show, maybe monthly or also biweekly episodes of conversations and then weekly episodes of the reviews because there's always movies coming out. So I hope to put together, you know, a whole, I'm getting inside baseball, but like a whole, you know, redesign of all of our social graphics and maybe put up a schedule for everyone so they can know when to expect these episodes and things like that and keep us accountable, Eric. Um, also, if you have two seconds, we would love for you guys to shoot a review and rate uh, that trilogy of podcasts I just mentioned on your favorite podcast service. That really helps us uh, you know, climb those charts, get in front of people's ears, different things like that. So we really appreciate if you took two seconds to go over there and do that. Um, and you can follow us on all the social medias at untitled underscore cast. You can follow me at Matt Rohrbeck and my works, you know, around the internet, various places, but mostly here at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And I'm Eric March, and you can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social media. The episode of Cinemascene with yours oh, yes. truly up right yes. now. It is. It is. And uh, it's it's a delight. We talk uh, post-TIFF coverage and uh, the fall uh, film schedule or lack thereof. Um, and you can also uh, follow me on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Christopher Abbott Vapes 2020.